You're listening to Dr. Leslie Inspires, a show where we empower mothers by raising their level of awareness, discussing tough mother-son issues that everyone knows exists, but no one is talking about. Dr. Leslie is joined by Mr. Wayne, who provides insight from a male perspective. To learn more about us, visit our website at www.drlesleyinspires.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Leslie. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you again, just being thankful for just being able to breathe without pain, being in our right minds to understand and receive, and to give back, God, in the name of Jesus. God, there are some things going on right now in this world that are very daunting, trying times, God. We have our government officials releasing people back out to the public, knowing that there's something out there that could hurt us. So we pray that you will help us to be more spiritual than ever, uh, more focused on you than ever, to follow the Holy Spirit and not be deceived with vanity and vexation, but to follow your work and your will and be leaders of what's to come, God. I want to start right here with this call. We want to start the week off right. Inspires. We look forward to this wonderful guest speaker today. We ask that you help us to receive, share, and give. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So we would like to thank you all and welcome you to, uh, to the call. Uh, I am Dr. Leslie. And just want to, as usual, give you just a little bit of Dr. Leslie Inspires and how it came to be. And that came from working in the school system for a number of years and then working closely with families and seeing the difference in how young men were turning out over the years. Uh, so much to the pin I could pinpoint if uh, somebody's going to eventually be in the system. You know, you just by what they do as uh, young kids or um, their mother-son relationship. And so I've been having some great conversations and meeting some great women. And, you know, the goal is for women that we connect with to connect with other women so that they can begin to understand, one, they're not on an island by themselves. You know, somebody else is going through, could be going through the same thing that you're going through, and perhaps they can help you out of your situation by speaking, you know, some type of wisdom. But, you know, the goal is to connect with mothers so that they can get wisdom and understand what they can do to try to pull somebody else out and particularly what they can do to change their relationship with their son and start doing something differently to help him to be a better man, to be a better father, better in the community. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest just a little, and then I'm going to let her give some background and let her uh, do a self-introduction. So Miss Lahoma is actually the sister of one of our prior speakers, uh, we had a conversation today that I thought was going to be about 15 minutes. I was just going to give give a little get a little bit of information to find out what this conversation was going to be about. But she blessed my socks off. So you two are definitely from the same cloth, Doctor. <laughs> from the same cloth. So uh, 
Miss Lahoma, I'm just going to go ahead and give it to you and then you can introduce us in your own way. Okay. All right. Um, I, my name is Lahoma McArdle. Um, I am a mother of five beautiful children, um, all from um, my husband and I adopted them from the foster care system. Um, we came to the decision to adopt. Uh, we always wanted to adopt, uh, but we thought that the Lord would bless us with our own children, um, birth children first, and then we would, um, you know, find a way to give back to the system through fostering and adopting. But um, after 16 years of marriage um, and just um, just countless times of being disappointed, um, we decided to, through the um, the encouragement of some friends and my mother uh, to just give back and wait, you know, for God to give us our miracle. And so, like I said, after 16 years of marriage, we finally got into the, uh, the foster care system uh, with the purpose to ultimately adopt and also to meet a need um, that was in the, you know, that was in that, uh, in our city, Panama City at the time. And so we got into the system to do that. And, um, the Lord blessed us with uh, three children. Uh, it was a sibling group of a girl, five years old, a boy, um, three, and then another little boy at two. And then two years later, we got another little girl. And then two years later, we got another little girl. So we ended up with five children. And so um, as far as, um, you know, what else did you want to know about uh, just... Yeah, just the background. Um, and that's that's a good intro. So with the children um, that you have, can you, with the two sons that you have, can you give us a balance? What was the balance between you and the two sons, the two sons and your husband, and then how you two balanced each other out with those two boys in particular, and then talk about the girls? Okay. And so as far as with my husband and I, um, he's always been uh, a Christian man. Um, when I met him, he was already saved. And so, um, and I got saved and like two weeks later I met him. I didn't know he was going to be my husband, but you know, we just became best of friends. And then, um, because we already had that, uh, God foundation, uh, in our marriage, uh, we just, once the children came along, um, they just kind of flowed right into what God had already established um, between the relationship between my husband and I. And, and so with the boys, as far as um, the oldest little boy, he was three, like I said before, and the youngest was two. And so when they came to us, my oldest son, he did not bond with me right away. I mean, he, he connected directly to my husband. And um, the baby boy, he connected with me. And so out of that relationship with my oldest son, um, because I, I had been so long and I wanted to be a mommy so bad, um, I felt rejected from him um, because he didn't accept me right away. And so a lot of the times when, when he would display those, those, those things, like he wouldn't he wouldn't give me a whole lot of hugs. Like if he wanted something, he would go to his daddy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't ask me. He would just, you know, he would just kind of keep me boxed out between him and the relationship he had with his dad. And so when I would get angry or anger would come up out of me because of that, I would take it out on him. So sorry to say. Um, and that's one of the regrets I have parenting, you know, the children 
when they were so young um, that I, I just not knowing how to be a mom and just wanting him to fulfill something that was deep within me, you know, to be a mama, you know, I just kind of took that out on him. But the youngest boy, he, he connected with me right away. Um, we had a bond that was so strong. And I was telling Dr. Leslie earlier today that we were so connected and so bonded that when he had to use the bathroom, I had to use the bathroom. That's how connected we, we were so bonded and so connected that my husband was like, uh, you have a husband, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you taking this boy and, you know, but I was like, but I'm a mom. I, it's just something I've always wanted to be, you know, and now I finally got a son and I just poured, you know, I just poured everything into him. And so um, as far as you, when you talk about balance, bringing the balance, now that they're older, I recognize how, and now I'm, I'm much uh, more connected with my older son now, you know, he's 12 now. And he has times where he'll just come and he'll just lay on me and um, he'll he'll love on me and he'll, you know, tell me how much he appreciates me. And, you know, so the love that I didn't get from him initially, now that love is coming back to me. Now that he knows that I'm a safe place, now that he knows that I'm not here to hurt him or I'm not here to abandon him or to leave him alone like he once was, whatever. I know he was young, but I still kind of feel like he felt that abandonment um, from his original situation because when they came into the system they came into another family and they were with that family for 14 months and then they came to us so he had already been through several you know the different placements before he came to us so I don't know if that rejection was you know something that in his little spirit he felt but he wasn't giving it to me you know and he went to my husband and so, but with the baby, he was 11 months old when he was removed. And then he went into the other family, but he was still young enough to, to disconnect and connect, you know. Um, on the weekend that we got them, they come, they run, they ran into the house, mommy, daddy. And it was like, this was like the fourth time we had met them. And they just come right in, you know, to us and just bonded and connected. Calvin with my husband and Isaiah with me. And so as far as, um, the balance between the youngest son now, he's 11, getting ready to be 12 in July. And now I'm having to um, strategically and gently push him away from me because he still prefers me over my husband. Um, we, we're not as bonded as we once were because now I recognize, and my husband used to get on to me all the time about the connection I have with this boy, you know, with him as my son, um, that I was, I was enabling him and that I was doing things that, not that I would go against my husband in decisions, but just that um, Isaiah would always come to me. He would, you know, and, and if, if daddy got onto him, he would always run to me as, as if he was running to me for comfort. And I wouldn't go against my husband, but I would pet him. I would, um, I would give him just a little extra love because daddy was so hard. I would give the baby the you know, the little love because daddy's being so harsh, but I would never say daddy's being harsh, but kind of in my actions, I guess. That's what I was saying. And it would, it's, um, he got in trouble in school all the time. You know, the teachers would always call me. He would have red days. I mean, and, and talking about the connection, I was so connected with him that my mood depended on what kind of day he had at school. Like I would like be holding my breath all day waiting to see what kind of day Isaiah had at school. And if he had a bad day, then the rest of my day would just be jacked up because 
I was so my I was so emotionally tied and so emotionally wrapped up in this child, um, seeking you know because he was fulfilling a need that I had, and it was just almost almost ungodly to a point. And I'll say that as a, as a as a woman a woman of God, I would say that that connection was not it it wasn't an unnatural connection, but it wasn't it it was the boundary there were no boundaries there you know as far as emotionally there were no boundaries there and so now as him you know him being older now i have to strategically push him away from me and let him develop and push him more toward his father to be more uh, of a of a man you know to be more of a of a young man the way he's supposed to be you know and so um that's kind of the connection that we have now whereas Calvin I'm, a li I'm still closer to Isaiah but I'm not as connected with him and then I don't take up for him I don't you know if his daddy says something that's law you know don't come to me looking for extra I don't have any extra for you that's what your daddy said that's what you're gonna do and I'm standing behind your daddy we're we're a force together you're not gonna try to separate us or put a you know a divide between the two of us that's how it is and that's what daddy said and that's what we're gonna do and so that's where we are now it's hard it is so hard because he's still my baby you know he is still he's and he's such a loving kid I mean he he sometimes well he doesn't do it as much anymore but like when he was like six seven and eight years old he would come to me and like when I get dressed for church on Sunday morning he'd be the first one to say mommy you're so beautiful you're so pretty mommy you're so I love you mommy and he would come and he would just lay on me and he would just he would just know how to say the things I needed to you know not that I was missing anything from my husband it was just that love of a child you know and he would just and I'm like oh Isaiah thank you so much you know and daddy be like yeah baby you beautiful you pretty you you know um that kind of stuff so and sometimes daddy would jump Isaiah like daddy would say it first and then Isaiah would say it and then you know it's like and so now he's like like if he sees my husband hugging me or loving me because we you know we're demonstrative around the children we don't like you know it's nothing ungodly but he sees them love me he sees them hug me he sees them you know they see him showing affection toward me so when he does that like sometimes he, my husband will just grab me and we'll just dance in the living room and then all the kids will just come around it's like this is my mommy this is my daddy this you know so they just kind of join in you know or they'll just stand back and say, oh, look at daddy, look at mommy, you know, and they just um, see us connected, you know, and, and um, that respect that I have for my husband and the respect he has for me. So it's yes. good. So Lahoma, talk a little bit more about the United Front uh, in front of the children and how you came to know and understand what that means for you and your husband and what that means to demonstrate that in front of your children um well it goes back to the bond you know so like when um when the children would do something or they would ask daddy for something and i called him daddy i'm sorry when jr <laughs> when jr would do stuff um they would like if if jr said something and I happen to say something different. They will try to, when he's not around, they'll try to put him against me or put me against him 
um, especially like with chores and different stuff like that. So we've, we've learned, and we actually learned it early on, but even more so now that they're older and they're more intelligent and they're more sneaky and they're more, they have their own mind and they try to figure ways to get in there and well, daddy said, well, mommy said, you know, kind of stuff. And so we, we have this, um, we have this thing that we say one team, one fight. You know, we talk about the whole family as one team, one fight. But as far as my husband and I, we stick together. We don't, um, if daddy says it, that's what daddy says. If mommy says it, that's what mommy says. We, we try not to um, let them see a difference between, um, between the two. And because we hold the line, if, if daddy says, well, um, this is what mommy says and this is how we're going to do it because mommy said it this way. The kids are like, okay, well, if mommy said it, then we're going to do it. Or if I say, if daddy, daddy said this and we're going to do it because daddy said do it. We try, we try to hold each other's word to the children and not let them um, throw each other in, in, in each other's faces. So we try to hold the line with that, you know, and we miss it sometimes because, you know, they, they find ways to say it in a way and then I have to go back to my husband and I said, what did you say? And he was like, no, I didn't say that. And I was like, well, they got away with it because they told me you said it and I just let them do it because they said you said it, you know. So they and find you ways. Five. You have five. Some people have one and are dealing with that. Yes, five. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So Lahoma, earlier um, we talked about your son's upbringing. Mr. Wayne, he actually had the question uh, which goes into this question. Um, can you talk more about the respect that you have for your husband? And are you two on the same page regarding who is the head of the household? And as you answer that question, uh, go into your husband's background uh, in terms of being a father. I think all of that can, you can answer. Okay, say the first part of that again, I'm sorry. Um, let me just go back to Wayne's question. Talk more about the respect that you have, the respect, the reverence that you have for your husband. Um, I learned how, I didn't learn how to respect my husband from my upbringing um, because, and uh, Dr. Ethel can uh, attest to you, um, my mom taught us to be strong. She taught us to be um, independent women. She taught us um, to go for what you know. You know, she wanted us to get school, I mean, to go to college and to be trained and to do what you do. So you, if your man act up or act a fool, you can take care of yourself, you know? And so she didn't really teach us about what a strong man was. And so I actually learned um, what a strong man was through my husband. And I was saying um, to Dr. Leslie earlier today, I actually, my husband was actually more like a, a father to me when we first got married because he was, I was learning what a strong man was. I was learning how, um, to honor him as the husband, honor him. I wanted to submit. I wanted, I wanted someone to love me. I wanted someone to, to, to accept me for who I was. I felt awkward, you know, to be honest with you. And so I wanted someone to love me. I wanted someone to accept me for myself. And so I actually learned how to honor him. I learned how to respect him, you know, through, um, his, um, through his leadership as as my husband. And then I also learned um, how to respect him through my pastors as well. I had 
some very um, strong pastors in my life. Um, the Lord blessed me to go through some strong ministries that had, had strong men there that really uh, blessed my life and, and taught me what it was to be, to honor a man and to honor him and respect his word and respect his authority, you know. And because um, my husband made it, made it easy somewhat, I still had some of those things in my head from my mom and the way she would talk, you know, so I'm not going to lie and say that I was altogether submissive and just altogether just gave over to him. But because he was such a good man and I had met his father, I met how I saw how his dad treated his mom. I saw how um, she honored him. It, it gave me an example to honor my husband because he he's a strong man. You know, he he leads our family. He prays with us. He you know, and I'm not saying he's perfect because, you know, he has his flaws just like any other someone, but he has submitted his life to God. And because he's submitted to God, I can follow him because he follows Christ. You understand what I'm saying? So it's, um, I've learned how to honor him through uh, his leadership and through um, the, the other strong men that I've had in my life. You know, I've learned how to respect him in that way. So when he says it, you know, I trust him. I believe it. I, you know, because he hasn't given me or said anything or done anything to make me think that he would do anything different than what he said. He's been, he's been consistent. He's a consistent man, you know? And so because he's consistent, I can trust and honor him and respect him and enforce to the children what he says with my sons. And so my sons are learning what it means to have a strong man or to be strong men because they have their daddy as an example um, for them. So did I answer the question? I hope so. You did. You did. <laughs> so Lahoma, can you talk about um, your husband's relationship with his mom and then his relationship with his dad and, and the five sons that he, the other four sons that he took on? So his relationship um, with his mom, he loved, he loved his mom um because she was mama you know you have one so you know he loved his mom but he wasn't his his connection with his parents was with his father he was really connected with his dad um and so he he was connected that was that was his connection um with with his dad and um i forgot the other part of the question i'm sorry uh in terms of him with his um father his, his relationship with his dad because both of you are the youngest of five that's right <laughs> yes i'm the baby of five he's the baby of five and when his uh, mom met when his dad met his mom she already had four sons and so he came you know they got married he was born and then his father adopted the other boys um as as his son in fact the the, the two up from him the knee baby and the middle child took on the mccardle name um, but the other boys, they were kind of a little bit older, you know, and they kind of moved on to live with grandma, with Nan, with my, my mother-in-law's mom. So they kind of, they were kind of in and out. So dad had a little bit of influence in their life, but, um, not as much as with, um, the, the three younger ones. Right. And, and, and so then describe the impact that dad had on the last three. As a man. Very much so. Very, very successful men. Um, the, the the middle boy um, went on to be a Marine Corps, uh, high-ranking Marine Corps guy. He retired out of the Marine Corps. The next one down um, was a federal police officer in the Baltimore, um, Washington, D.C. area. 
And then JR, he's been um, 32 years in the Air Force, you know, and the older ones, they've been in and out of jail, um, drug, you know, drug situation, uh, really not as um, stable uh, in their life um, as the last three. So the dad made a huge impact. And with the, by the time he came into their life, they were old enough to know who he was, but young enough to hear him and to hear the voice of, of him as father and accept him as dad, you know, and the older two, they didn't, they really, they really didn't, you know, and because of that, and just being more um, led by mom and led by grandma, they, they didn't, I'm not saying they were bad women, because they were strong women too, they're very, very, very amazing women, but as far as, you see the difference from where, from the, the difference between the, the two older boys and the three younger boys, when dad came in the picture. I mean, he just made a total difference. Um, How old that. were the boys when the dad came in the picture? The, um, older. the older ones, the older ones were more like 10 and 11, 12, 13, something like that, maybe a little bit older. And then the younger ones, cause they're like four years apart. So four and then eight and then 12. And so you see the difference. Um, so the boys, the older boys were older. So they're, they're between four to two, two to four years older. Um, in between the boys, the five boys. So. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, I was responding to somebody. So in terms of your, looking at my notes from earlier, <laughs> um, in terms of your relationship with your husband um, and then your relationship with your the, the youngest son, how do you now balance the balance what you need emotionally in terms of pushing him away? Because we have some some men who are 60 and their mothers never cut the cord. And so they're still battling with how do I, um, they, they, they won't let him go but you have something different in your life. You actually have a strong man who's right. really not going to allow you to do it. Right. <laughs> but you, I mean, like some mothers are not allowed to do it in that man's presence, although they still may do it. Like you said before, you kind of coddled behind the scenes. Right. Uh, some women, they still coddle behind the scenes or they still coddle in front of that other man. I just spoke to someone, had a long conversation and, um, that man ended up leaving Wow! <laughs> because wow. he said, we can't have two men in this house. And he had been, they had been together for like 15 years, but he said, I'm not going to do it. I'm wow. not going to do it. So how with the emotions that you deal with, with your son, how has, how do you deal with it? And how has it gotten easier for you? What's your mindset in that transition? I just, a lot of times I just try to figure out where it's coming from. You know, because he he still tries to manipulate me. He still tries to um, throw on the baby eyes. He's all that little stuff that used to work with me. You know, I came to my senses maybe a year and a half ago, and I said I was not gonna be when I actually the Lord revealed to me that he was he was um, that he was manipulating me because I I didn't see it as manipulation. I just saw it as that's my baby. He needs me, so I'm gonna do everything I can to help him. And my husband all along had been saying, you know, Lahama, you need to you need to kind of stand up to him, if you will. You need to, you know, don't let him 
push you to the point to where it changes your emotions. So now I just, you know, I look at him with a look like, yeah, okay, no, this is not happening. You know, if daddy said it, you doing it. And that's, you know, that's, that's the law. That's, you know, we're not going to do that. But he still tries, you know, because right now he's, like I said, he's 11. He's going to be 12 in July. So he's, I can see where on one side, how he deals with me. Sometimes he deals with me really rough because, and I see in that he's trying to figure out himself. He's trying to find himself and he wants to be an older boy, but yet there's something in him pulling him to be mama's baby, you know? So he's kind of in a transit. I see him in a transition. It's been going on for about a year now where he he'll he'll get rough with me because mommy stop. I, I don't want you to help me. I don't want you to do it for me. I want to do it for myself. But then he'll say, mommy, I don't know how to do this math problem. Can you help me with the math problem? And sometimes I'll look to my husband and he's like, don't you help him. Let him do it on his own. If y'all keep doing it for him, he'll never learn how to do it on his own. So I have to step, I have to check myself sometimes. I have to step back and I say, am I, am I helping him too much or am I not helping him enough? So I'm, so I'm trying to learn, I'm still learning. So I'm still, I'm trying to learn his cry. I'm trying to learn his call. And if his call is saying, no, I really need you. So then I step in and I help him. But if his cry is just saying, I just want your attention and I just want to be around you and I just want you to sit right here, sit right here so I can sit, sit right here so I can touch you, mommy. Sit right here so I can be, you know, so you can be around me, you know. So he he's he's toddling between, toggling between growing up and being a boy, you know, being a young man to still want to be a baby. So we haven't quite made it through that. Um, that emotional period yet, but we're working on it. We're working on it. So I just try to, like I said, I just try to listen for his call. I try to listen, you know, you know, you know how it is when your baby cries, you, you know, you know, if it's just a cry or they just, the pacifier fell out their mouth, you know, the difference, you know? And so I try not to let him use me as a pacifier, you know, and just say, boy, grow up, you know, stop. Right. So, so um, another question is what I wanted to say. Um, I lost my train of thought here. Sorry. Right. No. In terms of um, submitting to your husband, and you said you didn't you didn't see that you had a strong mother. So when it comes to um, you know raising the children, it's a little bit easier because you do look at your husband as a as you know the man the, the rock of the family the, the man of the family the head of the household what do you say to women out there who because part of and we had this discussion earlier part of the problem uh in the household is the woman doesn't understand her role and if you've listened to a lot of the other conversations the male has been absent and so the woman has had to play both roles in many right. uh, occasions. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, how do I balance this out where the, a woman who actually has a male to look at, whether it's a blended family or her marrying someone, a lot of our women are trying to figure out how do I respect 
this man, how do I give him the respect that he deserves when I don't know, uh, I haven't seen it, uh, I'm torn because I want to. What do you say to the woman? Because you, you had it and you went about it a different way. Speak to the women because this is the majority of the women, you know, we're, we're torn. Right. As, as, a, as we talked earlier, African-American, but as a species. Right, right, right. Well, what, what do you say? So I say, um, teach him. Teach him. I mean, I know you have sons that you're trying to train and trying to teach them how to be men. Well, if you have a man that has come into your life that's not quite a man and you know what to do, then find a way to um, try to find a way to show him the way to be what you need him to be. You know, the answer is not to lord over him. The answer is not to um, just, you know, uh, treat him like one of the children. Your job is to get up under him and support him and little by little teach him, treat, treat him like you know, not like you're like he's your son, but help him become the man that God would want him to be. If you know the words of prayer, pray for him. Put some oil on your hands. Every time you touch him, lay hands on him, slick him down. Um, and just, and sometimes you have, sometimes I found, and I've had, you know, maybe on one or two occasions, which I told you about today when we were talking about the house, um, getting, you know, buying the house, you know, make them think it's their idea. You know, I've had to do that on maybe one or two occasions with my husband where he thought it was his idea, but it was really something I said. But I didn't come back behind him and say, well, you know, I just said that. You know, I told you that. You know, that was my idea. You don't have no original thoughts. That's my idea. No, I didn't say that. I didn't, I didn't put him down. I have learned, like with my relationship with God, I'm, I'm learning how to be more secure in myself to where I can reach up under him and pull him up if I need to. I can I can support him and I can I can submit myself in order to help him be the man that God has called him to be. You know, because you know the Bible talks about us being equally yoked or and then you have situations where you're unequally yoked, but if the if if the unbeliever wants to stay, then you stay and by your godly uh by your godly conduct you'll convert him or he'll be converted by your godly conduct. And so I would just say, you know, help him. You know, he maybe God put him in your life for you to help him become the man or fulfill the destiny that he has to be fulfilled. You don't just keep going. You don't, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, thinking you're going to get a different result, but you won't, you know, so you got to do something different and don't feel like you're having, you're, um, you're less than a woman because you got to train this other woman's son. No, if he's your husband and you love him, and you want the best for him, then help him. It doesn't take anything from you. Every seed that you sow into him, you're sowing back into yourself, you know? And so help him be the man that God has for him to be. That's you know, a good point. I got to interrupt you before I lose that. But you said, help him, you're helping yourself. And then earlier I heard you say, when you do something to him, you're doing it to yourself. Can you talk about those two comments? just just that i mean you're one you know if 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 you've you've entered into a marital relationship with this 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 person you are all one flesh that's what the bible says you're one 
So what you do for you, what you do for him, you're doing for yourself. And what he do does for for you, he's doing for himself. You know, and so that's how my husband and I look at it. You know, um, this is his body, that his body, my body, and we're one. And so what we do, what we do to build our family, we're doing it. We're helping ourselves in the process. Not necessarily that that's my mindset. So I'm just gonna help myself. No, I'm helping my family. I love my family. I love my husband. I love my children. And what I do to help them, I'm helping me too, because I'm them. They're me. We're all this one team. This is one team. And if so the thing that we're doing right now is we're trying to get our children to buy into because my husband and I got it, but we're trying to get our children right now to buy into the into the mindset that we're a team. I'm on your team. I am team Isaiah, team Tiana, team everybody. I'm team JR. We're on the same team. I'm not going to fight against you. I'm not going to I'm not going to bite and devour and bicker against you. I'm bickering and fighting against myself if I do that. So we're trying to get our children to buy into the mindset that we're one. We're all one. And we work together to build this thing, you know? And so that's that's what we try to do, you know? We're helping each other when we help. We're helping ourselves when we help each other because we're all on the same team. Miss Lahoma, that sounds so good. And I see Mr. Wayne over there jumping at the scene with, <laughs> with his notes. So I'm gonna turn it over to him in a minute. But what do you say to the woman? Yeah, Miss Lahoma, I got that, but you don't know my dude. You don't know my husband, honey. Uh-uh, that is not gonna work. He does this, 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 and that. And it is very challenging for a lot of strong women to submit. And we understand that that's the way it's supposed to be. And I know I'm speaking for a lot of women on this call, that's how it's supposed to be. How do you tell them to get there? They just have to, it's little by little, really. You have to find a place where you can, find a place where you can jump in. You know, you may not be able to turn the finances over to him, you know, but even if you do that, you say, okay, look, I need you to step up and pay the light bill. I need you to, uh, he forget to pay the light bill, we'll sit in the dark together, okay? You, we'll sit in the dark together because that was your job to pay the light bill. And you just, you you know, it's a hard thing, especially like I said, you know, we were raised as strong women. So I know it's not easy for, you know, it's it's not easy to do that. But if you determine that you want, a, if you determine that you want this thing to be a certain way, then you just gotta, you gotta say it and you gotta commit to it through the hard. It's gonna be hard either way. Either it's gonna be hard and you're gonna always lead your family over your husband, or you're gonna say, it's gonna be hard for me to help this man get to where he needs to be. So you just gonna have to pick your heart, you know, and you just gotta start where you are. Start, start, pick a place to start, pick a place to jump in. That's all I can really say. You know, no, you won't be able to make him who you want him to be overnight, but you can start somewhere. You know, you can start with something. Like I said, it could be as easy as, okay, um, you take care of the light bill, I take care, not necessarily paying it. I'm just saying, you know, just find somewhere. Okay, it's your turn to, you know, you do the kitchen for a week or something. Just give him some kind of responsibility where he can begin his esteem and his um, his ability to be a man. You give him, you give some things over to him to teach him and train him how to be a man. He may not know, you know, I don't, you know, and one of the things I'm real quick with this, as far as with my mom and my dad, 
when when I didn't reconcile to my biological dad until I was like 35 years old, I was at Dr. Ethel's house and her daughter got a chance to call her dad for Father's Day and she wouldn't even call her dad for Father's Day. I got so angry and so upset with her. I said, I want a relationship with my daddy and here you are, your daddy is calling you. You won't even answer his phone call. I was destroyed the entire day. I cried like a baby. I was 35 years old. I went upstairs at, at Dr. Ethel's house and I laid on the bed and I went back downstairs a little bit later and my mama said this to me. She said, Lahoma, stop trying to make your daddy be to you what he can't be to you. He's never had a father, so he don't know how to be a father. So whatever love you can get from him, take the love that you get and, and trust God for the rest. And it revolution, I didn't want to hear it at the time, but it revolutionized my life. I was able to forgive him and let him be to me or enter into my life where he could enter into my life with the information and the knowledge that he had. I stopped trying to make him be what he wasn't to me. And so I forgave him. That was June. In September, I packed a tackle box full of lure. I sent it to my dad for his birthday. He hit, he sent me a handwritten letter of thank you wow. for, for that gift. And so I feel like when I forgave him, it released him to be to me a little bit more of what I needed for him to be. My dad and I have a wonderful relationship now. But I think it started because I released him to let him be to me what only he knew how to be. So I say to the women, you know, you have a man that may be broken in a lot of areas. Well, find the area where he's not broken and start working on him from that area and start, start um, helping him to build who he needs to be, you know? And sometimes letting him think that it's his idea. It's okay, you know? Um, but just support and to love and to nurture, you know, maybe you will have to be his mama for a little while, but it's okay. Eventually you'll get what you're looking for if you'll just be patient and love him into the man that God has called him to be. And let me add, Woo! there oh, also, there also, some things that the woman can learn from him. Yes. And you're both learning, you're both growing. Yes. And the woman shouldn't approach it like, I got all the answers. And I know you're not saying this, Ms. Palmer, but they should, but a lot of women do feel this way. I got the answers, he's acting up. I'm gonna train him the way I want. It's right. not about I, you gotta get out of self. Right. And for you, it's about him. And for your husband, it's about you. And I'll pause because I got—I literally got three pages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do that so and, and I want to interject because we got to go all. Let's go all the way back, okay? When you meet your significant other, God allows you to come together because there's something He has in Him that you need, and there's something in you that that um He needs. Right. So. I had to learn, and, and I wrote on the note, um, I had to call a home after husband number three, I believe. I was like, girl, how in the world you keep on keeping these husbands? You younger than me, and you got the same one. <laughs> and I'm going through all of these changes. So, but one of the things was, um, I had to understand, the world talks about being equal, but God did not make us equal. He made us male and female and gave us roles. And when you learn, when you come into your relationship, God, even before you two got together, God made you 
and allowed you to come to this earth for a purpose. So in my mature understanding of marriage, I had to understand that my husband had a purpose and I had a purpose. And when we came together, I had to learn how to support his purpose. But in addition, he had to learn how to support my purpose. And that respect piece came from Ephesians 4 when it talks about the family role. It was so eye-opening to me when God was given the, the roles of the family members. He never told the woman to love her husband. He told the woman to respect her husband because women automatically love. That respect, that's a whole nother ballgame. And men respect. They don't necessarily love that either. So when I got that biblical knowledge that that's what I was dealing with was a spiritual thing. I happened to have be married to an African man and he is Zeus authority. And, and, and the longer we're together, the more I realized he was smart enough to let me think I was running things. And he was running circles around me all the time. <laughs> but another thing was, and this is my last point, because I know the time is drawing near, is you got to understand that you are from two different cultures. Even if you're in America, I'm happy, I happen to have an African, and I know we're from different cultures. But being two Americans, your two households are two separate cultures. And people don't do things the same. And my husband would not put gas in his car. I don't care how many thousands of dollars he had in his pocket. He was going to go to the gas station, put $5 in, in the car. And then somebody from Africa was going to call and he needs the money. He's going to send the money to Africa. And then he's going to call me two days later and say, baby, you know I need some more gas money. So what I had to do, and this all goes back to you asking the Holy Spirit to show you how to deal with the situation. So guess what we used to do? Every Friday, we had a date at the gas pump. <laughs> and I made sure, when I said, baby, come on now, you're going to meet me at the gas station? Yeah, at least I knew that money didn't go to Africa. He had a full tank of gas for the rest of the week. And so, you know, it's comical now. But it, it's really that simple. It's not hard if you submit to the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. and then the submission part was, God is not gonna send me a man to tell me to jump off a bridge when I can read and write and know that I can see, <laughs> you know? And so you have to understand that you get busy fulfilling what God has called you to do. And your life, you are the living epistle. And that person, he's not really paying attention. He been tuned you out with all that nagging. He been tuned you out. Right. But if your life, and Lahoma said the key word, if you're consistent in your behavior, eventually he will give way. And you all again, like she said, you're the unit. Amen. And then another thing, as and this is my last point, as Americans, we go into contractual agreements at the same time trying to figure a way out. Mm. Mm. And so being with an African, you will not be a brother and sister not speak to each other for 30 years. That just won't happen. They're going to call a family meeting. Yeah, y'all mad. Yeah, y'all did. Whatever happened, happened. 
But yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, you're my brother, you're my sister, you're my uncle, you're my... And, and I've watched my husband go through some trifling stuff with his family. But he always say, when I was like, when he say so and so called, when I did this and that, I said, well, did he just do that? So I learned to just keep my mouth closed. That's their family unit. And know that I do, it's okay again, like I said in my presentation, it's okay for you to not always understand everything. Just believe. Amen. Oh, y'all went out of time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Talise, she, she wanted to say something. Uh, bear with me. Hi. Hi. And I'm sorry I did not get to hear everything. What, uh, what I did hear from you, Miss Lahoma, was um, some very, very valuable, um, valuable points. And Dr. Lane, I didn't get to hear you at all because I had to attend to something else but according to uh mr wayne it was excellent so i'm sorry for this day okay but, um one of the things that you were saying Ms. Lahoma, you were talking about uh just how you were upholding a man your husband and some of the things that you you know some of the things that you recommend a woman to do um in terms of so that she can have that rightful role in the relationship so as I was listening to that and then remembering what you said earlier about the closeness that you have, I think, with your youngest son and how, um, I'm sorry, it's, I'm, it's so dark in here. I don't even know what to do. Um, sorry. Um, the uh, closeness that you have with your youngest son and how you have to start to kind of back off from him. I think that if keeping the points that you were saying about how you uphold your husband, if you think about one of the things that you're doing is grooming him to be a man like your husband, um and the type of man that you want him to be for a, a woman or that might help with your with you taking those steps towards mm -hmm. um you know towards like kind of releasing him from being so dependent on you right um the other things i was just curious as you said he may ask you some things he'll say i'll do this on my own and then other times he'll ask you can you help me so I guess I believe you're pretty discerning and knowing that um, his, his, I guess you can determine that when he asks you for help, it's because that's just him using his little manipulative ways and trying to get some of that nurturing out of you that he may not really need at that time. Um, so I was just wondering what was like your approach. So uh, for example, if my sons ask me something, I may, I may ask them instead of me telling them and giving them that thing that they're really looking for. I may ask them, well, what do you think? Or how do you, how would you go about doing this? Or what is your strategy? Let's see, let me hear what you have to say. Now you're starting to give them some decision-making skills, starting to release your role in terms of always feeding them with the information that they're looking for. And then you're, and that's part of you preparing them for the man that you want them to be, which sounds very much like you want them to be like your husband is uh, as a man today. Thank you, that's, that's good. That's good, that's excellent. Yeah. So um, I know time is drawing near and we have to get Mr. Wayne's perspective, but I do wanna add, we're talking about transforming mother-son relationships and the correlation between mothers and sons and then wives and their husband is pretty much what uh, Talise just said. But part of Dr. Leslie Inspires is if 
the mother can get it and she can begin to understand her role in the making of a man, then we won't have to come up with those strategies as to what to do to make a husband because right. it would have been done, you know, the ground in the sun. In the sun, and then the son can become a better man. He can become a better father. He can become a better person in the community. But right now, we're stuck, and not with everybody, which is great, Lahoma, because you and your husband's relationship and how you're raising your children is a great testament as to what the family unit can and should be. And you're not saying that you all are perfect, but you're saying you all implement some principles that make you're following God and you're following that headship. Right. Okay. Mr. Wayne? There's no way. And <laughs> no way I can cover this in six minutes. But first of all, I, I, I will say this. Mr. Mahoma, you've, you guys, you get it. I mean, you said so much. Let me start with the word. And then let me go back. And then Dr. Lane said so much, Mr. Lee said so much. Beautiful. So you've been married 16 years, right? Or 26. Who, me? Yes. August to be 26. Oh, 26. I apologize. I thought I said 16. Talisa, stand correct. 26 years. Thank you, Dr. Lane. <laughs> so start with the scripture, Proverbs 14.1. You said something very significant there. I want to read this. It says, a wise woman builds her house but with her own hands, the foolish woman tears it down. Ms. Mahoma, you are a wise woman. Thank you. To God be the glory. Ephesians, Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for him. Ms. Mahoma, your husband loves you. So here's the deal. This was so amazing about this story. You all don't have one kid, not two. After years of trying, you didn't just get one or two to fit, a, you know, to meet a need. You got five, and the five that you have are from totally different DNAs. That's huge. Lord. And you all are building each other up and created this foundation that is so solid that they can't help but to benefit. Then put on top of the other piece of the miracle is, you're the youngest of five, and he's the youngest. <laughs> right. Grace, no. grace, grace. You know, that is. <laughs> That's what we always say. Grace, yeah, grace, grace. I'm going over tonight. I'm gonna tell you right now, because listen, that is huge. That is huge. And for you all to come together the way you do, right? and the way you strengthen him and how you build him. You made a statement. How you build your husband, by, by you building your husband, you're building yourself. But then you also said, I was raised to be a strong woman. So this is the message for the strong woman, right? Building your husband and submitting to him does not mean you're not strong. Amen. And so many women <laughs> don't get it. Now, sisters, let me tell you what the brothers talk about on the golf course, okay? I don't want to date a black woman anymore. They don't know how to submit. I'm going to go overseas and get somebody. I'm going to date a white woman. I'm telling you the truth. I hear it all the time, right? If I get a divorce, I'm not going to remarry black people, right? Why? Because of this principle you're talking about. I'm not talking about no good niggas. I'm talking about Christian men. Right. I'm saying this. 
Wow. I can bring them on here. Wow. So what you're saying is huge and it gives tremendous hope. It gives tremendous hope as you as a mother. It gives tremendous hope for the brothers looking for a good woman. It gives tremendous hope for the kids because you can do that with kids that you all have adopted. Surely we can do that with the kids we have that are biological. No, no difference in the love. The love is still there. Love. Okay. Dr. Lane made an excellent point about how, um, shoot, Dr. Lane, I gotta come back to it, it just slipped, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you, you, you it, it was tied around, I gotta come back to it. Let coming me go back. From different, coming from different places, different households coming together. Yeah, different. I'll, I'll get it. Don't worry. Okay. 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 <laughs> Another thing I want to want to go back to is the foundation between you and him. You all established that through trust. You said some key things. He was saved. You were saved. You said he follows Christ. I trust him, and he's been consistent. That's huge. To walk out in the world firmly. And I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying you're perfect, but you trust your man. I do. There's a lot of women out here that say they love their man and they trust a man and they don't. Mm. And they're hurting themselves. Why don't they love their man? Why don't they trust their man? Because their man did something that wasn't perfect. And then you talked about that as well. Build your man up, find something. I call it low hanging fruit. You don't mm. have to look at a home run, lay down a bunt. Just right. get on first base and go right. from there. So you said so many things that were so beneficial. And then you talked about how, back to the mother-son relationship, how uh, he he says to you, oh, the math problem. I thought that was a great analogy. The math problem, mommy, mommy, I can't do that. And I can see, <laughs> I can see. Uh -huh, you're looking at your husband and you're like, don't you, don't you do it. <laughs> And he, has the, and he has those eyes. I was going to put that point across. He has the most beautiful eyes. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Yeah. I'll be right Man, I know the one, Dr. Lane. You just reminded me. Dr. Lane, she left. She's not even going to get it. I think she right. went to get the I'm picture. Not, I'm right here. Oh, okay. I'm just going to go get the picture of the children I have. What you, you said, said there's something about beautiful eyes. You said, oh, I'm going to write it down. Shoot. But, um, that is tremendous, and that's something that uh, should be honored. And, and I just want to say to every woman on this call, honoring your man does not mean you give up your strength. Amen. Amen. Honoring your man does not mean you give up your strength. So I was very encouraged by this. Amen. Uh, you all keep keep doing it and push push him away. Push him to your husband as much as you can. Yes, sir. It's, it's going to make him weak if you don't. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Go ahead. I wanted to just interject for the, the women. Remember now, that's the king you chose. So choose wisely. That's right. And before you can work on something, you first got to have something to work with. Amen. Amen. Lahoma, I know Mr. Wayne just said you heard a lot of things. How do you want to close today? Because I told you it was going to go fast. It is 8.01. And I know. Much oh, my goodness. <laughs> just keep up. Yeah. As far as with the boys, just um, which I think someone else has said it as well. Um, and I think it was Mr. Wayne. But just keep talking. You know, just keep, 
you know, just keep loving, keep keep pushing them, you know, keep encouraging them as far as, you know, um, and just being obedient to the Holy Spirit, you know, um, that's what I've just been trying to, I've been, I've been trying to do as far as like with my sons and my relationship with them, you know, I keep talking to them, I keep loving them, you know, I keep encouraging them, you know, with Isaiah, you know, when he comes to me with something I know that he can do, I try to, to, to encourage him and I, I, I stroke his, um, his ability to be able to do it. It's not that he can't do it. He just wants me to do it with him. He wants me to be sitting right there. And I just encourage him and I get up and walk away. You know, son, you can do it. I know you can do it. Show me that you know how to do it. You know, and I just build him and he'll come back and say, mommy, look what I did. You know, so I knew he could do it. I just need him to try, you know, and to build his self-confidence, so. And I will tell you, you know, to, the, to all the women on this call, you have a tremendous responsibility, just like the man has a tremendous responsibility. You're all queens, so you have an opportunity, you have a responsibility to yourself to remain elegant, right? Then you have a responsibility to raise your prince because he's gonna be a future king. Right. Then you have a responsibility, as you said, Miss Lahoma, to support your existing king yes. that has the throne. Yes. That's a lot, that's a whole lot. And, and I remember when you said, if you have a man that does not know what to do, learn how to support him in some way, shape, or form. And, and I'll tell you, for those, all the mothers on this call, you're doing a phenomenal job. You mm -hmm. really are. All of you, all of you. So thank you. I could I could keep talking. Cause the more I talk, I'm gonna keep remembering stuff. And I, I talk about half of what I wrote down, so. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dr. Leslie Inspires. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Also, for more content and resources, please be sure to visit our website, www.drlesleyinspires.com. We'll see you in the next episode.